So I'm Trina Vogel. I'm a licensed clinical social worker at Cornerstone, and I have been there for 11 years. And I provide outpatient therapy. So that means people will come in to see me. They'll make appointment for a variety of um, concerns or issues they might have, and they'll come in and um, share share with me. I treat um, as young as four, and also um, Medicare patients, so 65 and above. Everybody at some time may need a little bit of extra help. Drew Quintero is also sitting by. Uh, we haven't heard, we, we won't hear from Drew for a while, I guess, but you can say good morning, Drew. Good morning. <laughs> He'll have something to tell us later on about dancing with the, with the local stars, I'm sure. Yes, I will. <laughs> Trina, one thing that happened in the news today that was in Missouri, um, the governor of Missouri over there has, uh, has signed an executive order for an older person's task force. There's concern because uh, by the year 2060 in Missouri, the number of older people is going to far outpace the number of teenagers or young adults. And he's just concerned about the needs, the, the medical needs of the older crowd. And there's also some psychological, emotional, and mental health needs that happen sometimes with the older crowd. So as long as that was in the news today, would you mind just commenting on that a little bit? I know you probably brought a topic you'd like to talk <laughs> about, but I was just curious if there, I mean, obviously every point in your life you're dealing with something different. So older people can have mental health issues even if they've never experienced anything in their younger years. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I had not heard of, I didn't hear that yet, Mary. Um, but yeah, of any age, um, and I think common thing, like as we age, um, some common, I mean, there's depression, there's, of course, lots of grief, lots of loss. As we get older, we experience more of those things. Um, and for um, our older population who um, need additional care and nursing homes, there's definitely an increase in um, anxiety, anxiety, depression, um, loneliness, yeah, lots of grief in that in that population. And so those people who have been told to have stiff upper lips and grin and bear it all their lives and maybe have always been the stoic one in their family, uh, they may be more reluctant to come and seek mental health counseling. Sure. I think we, I think we do see that it's based on, you know, generation, what generation we grew up in, uh, how open we are to receiving services. And I can, I can tell you, I, I greatly enjoy working with that population. I feel like they teach me just as much as I'm teaching and um, supporting them. Well, so often we just need a third-person point of view because you're not going to bring anybody's spouse back who's died. You can't make somebody not be a widow. Right. You can't make their children not move away. You can't make their grandchildren be absent or stuck right. on their phone and yeah. ignoring grandma, you know. But you, you can give them some mechanisms to cope and maybe some outlets where they can get um, the loneliness aspect of it, I think, is very difficult for some people to understand loneliness is a hard cure. Yes. Uh, you can be lonely and be in a group of 100 people and still be lonely. So it's not just like, oh, you're lonely? Well, go sit out, you know, at the mall or whatever on a bench and you won't be lonely anymore. That's not right. the cure. Right. Yeah, and so I I think it fits in perfectly into our topic today of, like, the benefit of routines and uh, in our mental health because um, no matter – what age we are, we all benefit from routines, and that does help with the topic that you're talking about as far as uh, reducing loneliness. It gives us a sense of purpose, a sense of accomplishment, uh, but really uh, trying to fit in routines 
um, no matter what age we are. Yes. And it's interesting because this morning I had a little news story from Cornerstone from uh, therapist Miller, and she was talking about the importance of routine for children and how, you know, summer breaks or Christmas breaks can break routines. Uh, some act, any activity in a family that breaks a routine can cause anxiety and depression. So, you know, it's, there's an intrigue about it because routine is a comfort zone in a box and people are saying, get outside your box, get outside your box or, you know, I don't, my marriage is in a rut, you know, we're just in a routine. So we have to, there's a gentle balance between good routine and being in a rut. So why don't you sure. explain that to us, Trina Vogel? How do we, how do we stay on a great routine but not get in a rut? Because I'm getting ready to go on a vacation tomorrow. I'm going to break my routine oh, completely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that broken routine. Yes, yeah. So, and that's the thing. I think some of us hear the word routine and we think that we have to have every moment of the day scheduled. And that is not what this means. Um, a routine should not add more stress to us. It should um, serve as a, as a tool. So rut- routine is really something simple. It doesn't consume our whole day. And it includes things that are really important to us. For example, for me, it's coffee. If I do not have my morning coffee, then I I struggle throughout the day, and everybody could probably see it. Um, But it's it's brief, and it's, again, it helps us to, uh, it's almost like muscle memory for our brain as well, so we don't have to put our time and energy and resources into something that we can just do more naturally. We save that energy for things later in our day that we don't have predictability or control over. So, yes, absolutely a balance, and it's more about routine at certain times throughout the day, certain moments. And that's for every age, a rising time, a going-to-bed time. Parents know how important that is yes. for kids. It's important for adults, too. Absolutely. Like last night, I would have loved to have stayed up and watched the San Francisco 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys, but hey, now. I couldn't. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that, but I couldn't. I just didn't feel like I could be my best today if I stayed up for that last night. So, Sometimes, you know, you know when you can break your routine for a once in a special occasion and other times if you're real sporadic about things or skipping breakfast. You know, so many people say that if they improve their health and well-being so much just by taking a little bit of time for coffee and breakfast in the morning, whereas they say, well, I can't squeeze that in. Well, you can if you make it part of your routine. Yeah, and it's... And it just takes practice, and that's that's one thing, not to be hard on ourselves or, oh, I failed at that, so I'm just going to give up. Um, but with practice and consistency, you'll definitely notice an improvement um, in how, how you feel, how clearly you're able to think. Um, it reduces anxiety, those feelings of overwhelm. Uh, like you said, promotes healthy sleep, all of those things which then directly benefit our mental health. And sometimes, of course, we can set our own routines. It could be, you know, uh, what time we eat our meals or what time we go to bed. But then routines are broken through no fault of our own. A spouse dies. The children go away to college. Uh, they're not there anymore. They don't need you to do their laundry. You're not, you, you know, the things you did every day to take care of a family sure. are not necessary anymore, not at least at that level. Mm-hmm. You uh you always used to sit and watch television at night, a favorite program with your spouse, but they're no longer there anymore because of death yeah. or divorce. Divorce is a huge routine uh, disruptor. And mm-hmm. some people say, yeah, good. You know, I'm moving on to a better life. But there are things about routine that are comforting. So how do we deal with disruptors in routine that we can't control? Sure. And 
and that with routine, that's exactly what it provides us is a sense of control. We have control over the things that that we can control. Um, because routine becomes even more important at times of trauma, at times of stress. Um, of course, it will look different, but what is in my power is I I can get up and shower. May not feel like it, but we can get up and shower. We can keep. Um, certain things very similar. You know, if we lose a loved one, um, we're, of course, can't replace that loved one at all. Um, But if we're used to doing something at a specific time, sometimes it can be very helpful to still do that. But with with some, like, for example, if we call, like, called someone every morning, I talked to them on the phone to pick up that phone and and still call someone else and have that conversation. Yeah. You know, my best friend died years ago. It's been almost 15, 16 years ago now, we always talked to each other during the noon hour. And almost every day I've made that phone call. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget, she'd been dead for six months. And the phone rang during the noon hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, I ran to that phone. It was yeah. like in my mind she was going to be on the other side. Right. It wasn't. It was Senator Dick Durbin of all people. But in that weird, <laughs> you know, but anyway. Um, but it's hard I mean, routine is something you're trying to keep, but then you also have to make new routines. You have to come back to what is new normal, like COVID taught us that. Yes. Uh, So many parents found out, you know, my kids aren't quite as, uh, those teachers, the reason they're having trouble with uh, my little Johnny is because Johnny doesn't obey. Johnny (laughs) doesn't want to do his work. Johnny doesn't want to do this. People found out. The power of routine, uh, the power right? Of routine, and uh, yeah, especially especially for kids, um, it really promotes feelings of security and safety. And when, and even us as adults, but when we don't have security and safety, we're more hypervigilant, we're more hyperactive, where there's unwanted behaviors. So the power of routine really. Um, helps set that predictability which a, which a child feels oh i'm i'm safe okay the adults know what they're doing and their little bodies and brains can get used to doing something over and over again and adults we need that too you're going to go to work you're going to do this that's why any big change retirement anything that knocks you out of what i normally do monday morning at 9:15 i yeah. start the mary griffith show that will end someday for me and i'll have to find something else to do monday morning at 9:15 so what are some of the kind of questions or problems people come in with when you're dealing with people who are struggling to reestablish or reorder routine? So a lot of times it is from a disruption, a disruption, like you said, out of their control. Um, and they'll say, well, I'm just not myself or I'm not motivated um, and usually related to, to a trauma or an event that has occurred. When you say you're not yourself, I mean, I hear a lot of people say that. Mm-hmm. Of course, they are themselves. They're mm-hmm. just feeling different feelings that they haven't haven't been their primary feelings. Most right. of us, I think, in general, feel happiness and joy, at least some baseline. Sure. You know, not elation, but yes. I think most people go through the day feeling some level of happiness and contentment. And when you're thrown out of that baseline of happiness and contentment to maybe where your baseline now is more sadness, depression, lethargy, that is difficult to to get around. So what are some of the strategies that you recommend to people? Sure. Well, of course, um, when people notice, you know, those symptoms about themselves, like they're not able to get out of bed, they don't have motivation, they're not able to experience joy on th- with things that they, they have in the past. So um, individuals will come in and really um, I start off by really hearing their story, hearing about um, what they 
once enjoyed doing or what life was once like for them. Um, and helping, you know, just hearing them and, and many times that's the, that's the start. They, you'll notice they start to smile when they're telling you about someone or something that they, they used to do. And then, um, so some things, uh, one thing is like a bullet journal, a bullet point journal is basically just a very brief gratitude journal and bullet point. What are you thankful for today? What happened that really felt good? I also encourage people to write down what they did accomplish versus a to-do list because when we're able to say, I got up, I took a shower, I made it to a doctor's appointment, I called a friend, um, then we're able to see, wow, look what I did today versus having this piece of paper that we didn't mark off anything today. Yeah. So, yeah, the to-do list. Of course, there's some people that are to-do list driven, but <laughs> they can just switch that to a I accomplished this list. Yes. That's the it's other very thing. powerful. Here's the other thing. Some people don't have anything to do. Now, this is really, I, uh, when my father retired, he went to the grocery store. He always went to the grocery store a lot, but he started going to the grocery store like every day. Sure. And he would start price comparing between like, uh, you know, Jack's and Walmart and Kmart. And he knew what the price of everything was. You know, it was just kind of a, a mental game he was playing. He really didn't have enough to do. Sure. He didn't want to be at home with mother. Not that there was anything wrong with that, but that could get old after a while. So he went out and he forayed and made all these, because there were people out there, people yeah. to talk to, things to do, you know. If anybody want to know the price of shaving cream, my dad could tell you it's three cents cheaper at Walmart than it is at Kmart, whatever. But I said to him, why do you do this weird stuff? You know, he goes, well, when you wake up in the morning, you have to have something to do. And he went from being the television anchor man, which is pretty high pressure. You know, you've got to put that on every day. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen whether you're ready or not to a total life of leisure. There are people who really suffer from a lack of something to do because they think they want to relax. (laughs) And what they find out is that after a few days of that, they're, now what? Now what? Yeah. So how do you find something to do so that you can get back to you? Yeah. And so I think that's a great example your your father did. Even though it may not look uh how others, you know, others might think, well that's bizarre or yeah. but Fine. really he found a new routine. Coming um, home with three things from the grocery <laughs> store instead of like a week's worth of groceries, but then he got sure. to go back the next day, you know. Yes. Yeah. And it's um Whatever your routine is, it's it's gonna it's gonna look different. But I, but I think your father was wise, and you have to have something to do, something to look forward to, even if it is uh, preparing a meal. Uh, again, contact with somebody. Certain days of the week where you go meet someone or talk to them on the phone. It doesn't have to be extravagant. Um, it's simply a, a daily reoccurring. My body and my mind know that this is going to happen, so I feel safe, I feel secure, I feel like I have a purpose, and a sense of accomplishment. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up. Trina Vogel, I'd like you just to give some general advice to leave our WTAD listening audience. Uh, Routine is important. Uh, Drudgery and doldrums are not. Uh, So we have to balance between some new exciting things and some routines that keep us safe and happy as opposed to going bungee jumping once a year or something, you know. So give us just some general points, because if you're really out there suffering, you're not going to be treated on the Mary Griffith show. You're going to have to call a therapist. Yeah. But the one thing a therapist will do is start talking to you, and then you 
you'll figure it out on your own. Most people can self-analyze if they really would allow themselves to get into it. Yeah, really having a safe place to be able to do that work. Um, Because when we're going through life and we're busy and the stresses, we don't often stop enough to think in those those terms. And and that's something that a therapist doesn't do. We don't necessarily give advice or tell someone what to do. Uh, We're simply a means of helping them, asking open-ended questions so that they can determine what's right for them. And their coping mechanism, which, you know, I said to my father, hey, why are you doing this? This is so weird. And in a way, I was downgrading the coping mechanism that he'd come up with. But he explained it to me. It made sense to me then. I still thought it was a little (laughs) odd. But there again, uh, you know, finding someone to give you kind of permission to have a coping mechanism. Sure. You know, whatever that is, as long as it's healthy. You know, because, I mean, some people have coping mechanisms that are not healthy, like drinking or something like that. But right. finding something to do, right. replacing old routine with new routine or adapting routine, that's also critical. So yes. continue on. What should we do? <laughs> well, uh, I think finding what's important to you. If that's reading, if that's coffee, if that's exercise, and prioritizing that throughout your day because that you will have... Uh, you'll be more productive, you'll feel uh, better uh, just overall um, when you're able to, to fit in a routine that fit, that is individualized for yourself. Okay, so get some help. Call Cornerstone if you feel like you need help, if your children need help dealing with changes in routine. Uh, my brother was telling me, he lives in Dallas, he said uh, somebody that he works with in the office says, oh, my husband and I are getting divorced, but it's going to be great for the kids because... You know, now I'll be happy. The wife said, now I'll be happy. And my brother and I were laughing, said, those kids don't care if you're happy. Those kids no, want to It's not going to be better. They're like, oh, great. Mom's going to be happy now. They're not jumping up and down. They're going to yeah. miss. Their whole world's about to be rocked. And, the uh, routine. You yeah, gotta, they're not going to feel They're secure. not going to feel that way. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Trina Vogel. Drew Quintero from uh, Cornerstone is here. And, Drew, I'm dying to know, are there still seats available for Dancing with the Local Stars? There are, Mary. We are 11 days away from Dancing with Local Stars All-Star Edition. Seven awesome teams ready to dance their way to glory. We are going to be honoring Kate Doherty of Down Country as our Humanitarian of the Year. So, you know, call us, visit our website, get a ticket, come out and support not only Kate um, and the work that she's doing in the community, but Cornerstone as well and the work that we are doing with providing skills, support, and hope to those who need it most. You can get tickets by visiting our website at cornerstone-quincy.org or giving us a call at 217-222-8254. And nobody better than Kate Doherty to be your honoree because uh, she's just basically all gung-ho that everybody should have life experiences that bring them to their full potential. And she was, if we had more of her, we'd all be living in a much better society. Thank you so very much, Drew Quintera, Trina Vogel. We'll talk with one or both of you or none of you, but somebody from Cornerstone will be here uh, next month as we continue our journey to better mental health right here on the Mary Griffith Show. Coming up, American Bald Eagles. People go for all the way up to Alaska to look at one, and we've got them here all the time. So we'll talk about honoring the Eagle Days coming up. Good morning. Back again. The second half of the Mary Griffith Show rolls on. Great River Eagle Days Winter Gathering is uh, coming up this weekend, January 28th, from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., 
and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Leslie Haslam is here today. She is a woman of Native American indigenous heritage. Welcome back. Hi, Mary. How are you doing? Always <laughs> glad to see you. She has gifted me with a beautiful necklace. And uh, as always, I'm very thankful for your a native handicraft, and Holly mm-hmm. Kane is here. Good morning from the Convention and Visitors Bureau. And Holly, this is really kind of one of those interesting things. We naturally have bald eagles. People go all the way up to Alaska in the summer to see them. They travel all over the place to look at them, and we we kind of get so used to them we take them for granted. But there are a lot of people who travel to the Mississippi River Basin this time of year, this last weekend in January to see these great American bald eagles. We take them for granted, but they're not everywhere, are they? They are not. And we love that they come back here every year. It is fantastic. Well, this Eagle Day celebration has been going on for some time. Leslie, let's kind of start with uh, you because uh, there's, of course, watching the birds in their natural habitat down by the river, but there's Mm -hmm. also a big event inside the Oakley Lindsay Center that is a celebration of indigenous peoples and Native American heritage. And uh, tell us a little bit about the gathering. Um, it's it's for people of your heritage and background, but you invite everybody to come in. Yeah, it's it's totally open to the public. It's an intertribal is what we call it, um, where any native group, any race can come in there. It doesn't matter because we are a, a, a teaching group. Um, we have the drums that come in, and the drums are a major part of the, our uh, gathering. Um, we do a lot of songs that represent um, uh, for our veterans. We want our veterans to come in and be honored. We have them come into the circle and they go through um, and everyone shakes their hands and tells them thank you for their service. I mean, it's a really great pleasure to have them there. And, you know, a lot of the people that have gone through the circle, we had a gentleman who came in his wheelchair and wanted to be part of it one year and he was so thankful to have been recognized of having served his country. It was just great. And that's a big part of our tradition also because we've had a lot of, you know, natives who've served in the service too. There there is a higher percentage of Native American people that serve in the military yeah. than than the general population. Yeah, there is. And so a lot of people aren't aware of that, but no. it goes back to uh, your deeply rooted moral sense, you know, mm-hmm. your tradition of protecting your land. Now, right. ironically, yes. <laughs> uh, around 1820 or so, you were yeah. fighting against the U.S. Yep. Cavalry yep. trying to protect your land. Yes. But now uh, that things have reached homeostasis, I don't know if you're happy with the way, but we're at, we're at a, we're at a t- tipping point now yep, where things are stabilized. <laughs> It is very uh, not unusual for young men and women of of American Native tribes and indigenous people to serve their country. It's very common. Yes, very, very common. And, and you know, if a lot of people have seen about the Code Talkers, though, they were a big part of They World won War World II. War II for mm-hmm. us pretty much in the Pacific because yeah. they used their native language, which could not be broken. Right. The Japanese never figured out, and they didn't have to use really any code at all. They just got on the... They just, they just talked their to language. each other and spoke mm-hmm. their language. They had code words for, like turtle meant something like right. a tank or whatever. Mm-hmm. But basically, they didn't have to go through all this translation. Right. When the general officer said, tell the guys, you know, a thousand miles away over the Morse code machine that right. this is happening, they just talked to each other in their regular language. Exactly. And, exactly. and, and we're able to, uh, we're able to do perfect. great things. And, of course, uh, Native Americans also served in the European uh, theater and probably mm-hmm. used some of their traditions uh, oh, yeah. in it that way, It goes way too. back to, you know, when our country first started. There were right. Native Americans involved. And they 
they chose sides. I mean, a lot oh, yeah. of a lot of Native Americans fought on the side of the Confederacy, but not all. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the uh, War of 1812, mm-hmm. uh, there was a dispute. Some yep. Native Americans went with the British. Some stayed with the Patriots, as they were still yep. called at and that time. And they went with the French and all that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's there, there's a lot of interest there. But let's talk a little bit. Uh, we'll just start. The Riverfront Eagle viewing starts anytime you want to on Saturday or Sunday. All you have to do is bring your binoculars and you can see them. Well, Holly, the, where's the, the best place to go? Yes, so we will have the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is partnering with us, and we will have uh, two rangers on both days from 9 a.m. to 2, both Saturday and Sunday, with their scopes and, you know, their expertise. And I've heard that there is an eagle nest right across from the boat ramp on the Missouri awesome. side. So, you know, be respectful of that. But the photos that I had seen from a drone, there were 17, 18 birds right around that one tree in that nest. So just go past the Lock and Dam, uh, Lock and Dam 21, go past the Lock and Dam and go to the boat ramp where mm-hmm. um, the rangers will be set up with uh, their scopes. And okay. Yeah, and they'll be happy to help you sight the birds and talk about the birds. And, you know, people say, well, it doesn't have a white head until it's a grown adult. It will not have a white head. So you will see a bald eagle, but it may not look like a bald eagle. They'll be brown and white speckled, and they don't reach maturity until they're about five years old. So it's just having an expert there is really helpful. And then, Leslie, you know, you start with a grand entry. If people want to be down at the Civic Center you know, obviously things start, you know, about 10 o'clock in the morning, but the grand entry and then the flute playing and the dancing, and you've got some special guests coming this year because each year you try to highlight a different type of tribal heritage. Yeah, we do, and our our drums are coming back that we had last year. They are absolutely fantastic. Uh, they are the great cloud singers. Uh, we have Jack Holland, who is a award-winning flute player, and another gentleman who's been around for 15 years. Ken Nolan is another flute player that will be working with us. Uh, we also have the Eagle Dance that will be taking place, and Rosa Brummett and Wayne White will be doing the Eagle Dance for us. And describe that a little bit. Put that into the visual for our radio listeners. What is an Eagle Dance? Well, they will have eagle feathers going down their arms, so they will look as if they have wings, and they will do a dance that represents the eagle, the movements, and the flow. And it's kind of a blessing in a way when they do this for the eagles. Okay. And the eagle, of course, for many Native Americans, is a very spiritual bird. Right. It's one of the highest flying birds that will take our messages up to the Creator and bring messages to us. And uh, like I said, I've been to Alaska three times. I've been able to see some uh, uh, Tinglet people. They honor the raven there more than the the eagle. But it's so interesting to see them dance. Are you a raven? I am a raven woman who sees through the mist. That's right. Raven Mm -hmm. woman who sees through the mist. So... Uh, you know all about that. So um, imitating nature and ascribing um, natural attributes to humans and human attributes to animals mm-hmm. is very much a part of the spirituality. Yes, they, they teach us a people. lot of things and they bring us a lot of messages. Um, it, it helps us grow. And we try to teach all these things to others and to our children so that they grow up respectful of everyone and everything. And of course... Uh, you know, just like I'm Irish uh, and German, mostly Irish, uh, you know, I I can put my lederhosen on one day and I can put my kilt on another day. Uh, because there are so many disparate Native American people, you have different kinds mm-hmm. of legacies represented. Right. Uh, there is not just one generic 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm an Indian. Here's right. what I do. And so tell me about it. I can't pronounce it. Omiyakan dancers. Those are the Omiyakan dancers. Yeah, Omiyakan. I was going to say that. Yeah. Sure. They are Aztec dancers. Aztecs, yeah. And they have the most beautiful regalia that mm-hmm. they come out with the gigantic feathers. I mean, these feathers are like three, four feet long, and they put each one in separately into their headdresses every time that they perform and they do their own type of thing but they're native also more south american but they are native in in um, our eyes also so we have them come up and the costumes will definitely be based on you know climate for example yes you're going to see a lot more leg and arm showing and a lot mm-hmm. more you know when they're in a southern culture <laughs> right. then when you get up to you know alaska yeah uh, they're going to have big robes on and covering themselves mm-hmm. up more just because primarily it's a colder climate up there the yeah. indians of the northeast you know looked completely different and had different ceremonies than right than Head california dresses, everything headdresses everything were very different so this is a chance for people to go and then the great cloud singers coming from six to seven uh what's that all about and will that be in english or will that be in native language? well those are those are actually our drums they will start okay. playing at noon they're part of the the whole ceremony of the okay. whole weekend um do and they, they're, they're do they the chant? drummers are called singers. Okay, oh, the drummers are called singers. Okay, yeah. do they chant in native tongue or do they chant in English tongue? Mostly native. Mostly native. Yeah, and a lot of it is is a chant in in a way. There are a lot of songs that do have actual uh, words that have a lot more meaning to it, but a lot of things are certain words that sound more like a chant because we're repeating things to get the message across. Okay. And, of course, food. We can't <clears throat> let you go without telling us all about the great food you're going to have. Ooh, we've got the uh, native tacos, which is a flatbread taco, and it's done on fry bread. And you have your, your meat, your beans, your cheese, your lettuce, uh, olives, and jalapenos, and other stuff like that, tomatoes. Um, and it's like almost a walking taco, but you've got to eat it with a fork because they are pretty big. <laughs> They're about <laughs> the size of a good plate. And then we have our fry bread, which is a typical thing. Everybody is always, where's the fry bread? And you, that's the big piece of bread also, big as your plate. And you can put honey on it, um, cinnamon, uh, powdered sugar, regular sugar, or you can have it all on there. People do all. It's very So it could be awesome. sweet or savory. Yes. It could be savory if you're eating a taco with right. it. It could be sweet if you're having mm-hmm. it for your dessert, mm-hmm. but it's the same basic formula it's just yeah. what you add to it that makes exactly. it the tasting and so. both are great people go crazy now we did have a special guest or f- quite a few that actually came last year it was very hush hush but johnny depp was there and all he did was buy fry bread <laughs> <laughs> and so he was disguised but kept showing himself a little bit so we knew it was him dolly parton did arrive her manager messed up and she had to leave saturday morning and go to branson she was not happy with him, I'll tell you that much. Oh, because she didn't get to see much. <laughs> no, she had to leave first thing in the morning because mm. I got up to go start over and her bus was already gone. I thought, oh, well, she must be getting breakfast, and I found out the truth. Mm. And a lot of people from uh, Yellowstone, the show, You came. said last year that they might come. They so. did come. Okay. Any Anything to look forward to this year? We don't I know you can't yet. tell me, or you'd have to pluck my eye out and kill yeah, me. But We don't know just Holly yet. Kane, is there I a great I don't know. Reason? I have not worked with anyone this year. So. No, we haven't, we haven't gotten any final words, but the word is out. 
so we'll see who gets there. Okay. Go and maybe you'll find Rip there. You never know. We can fight over say. it, right? Yeah. Ladies, get down there and maybe <laughs> Rip, maybe Rip will be there. they absolutely enjoyed it last year, and they're very supportive of us. You know, and that's the thing. They're people, mm-hmm. and they have different interests in life. And as actors, uh, many of them have become a little bit more interested in Western and, and Native lifestyles. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And, you know, if you're going to be part of uh, the world, you need to know about this. Now, uh $5 if you're 10 and older to get in. If you're over 60, you get in for 3 bucks. It's absolutely open to the public. I think if the kids show up in their scouting uniform, yes. they get in free. Anyone in a scout uniform will get in for free. Big. And, of course, veterans will be asked if they would like to participate to come into yes, the circle. Yes, we encourage them to come in. We, we They will get to carry a flag if they're able to and represent that, that uh, nation or the American flag, the POW flag. Um, the Illinois flag, we have all those, and they will get to you know, carry one of the flags in. Okay. And they are very much honored. Standing Bear Council, which Leslie Haslam is part of, is uh, sponsoring all of this, along with, the, of course, uh, the Visitors and Convention Bureau. What kind of economic impact does this have, Holly Kane? Well, we hope it does well. We'll look at our room block. We've got a great mm-hmm. $70 rate at the Microtel, mm-hmm. and I know there's a block that's pretty full, yes. that last I heard. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a great weekend event in the winter months when... Not a lot of other competition of yeah. other events going getting on. Getting a lot yeah. of calls already, people yeah. wanting so to So come in for the come. day. If you're listening to WTAD Radio, come in for the day or spend the night. Spend because, the night. Because, mm-hmm. you know, then you don't have to drive back and forth. You get to see mm-hmm. both days. They've got the candy dancers. There's really, you can see it all in one day, but some of it's so great, you want to kind of see it again. Well, yeah. we have the special blessing of the Eagles on Sunday also. So if you come in Saturday and get to spend the night, you get to see the blessing of the Eagles in the morning. Okay. We will not have an Eagle this year because the poor guy had to be retired, and the new one they had has a foot problem. So we are going to do the representation of the Eagle with a hawk because it still works the same way. So. Right. But they're going to be there from the treehouse uh, rehab. Okay. Once we could again. see a bird of prey. That's yes. Lots of birds of prey will be there. Up close and personal. Yes. Okay, <laughs> uh, folks, uh, just stop by any time. The full schedule will be on cquincy.com, cquincy.com. Uh, very inexpensive. Five dollars gets you in for the for the whole day that you can eat there. There'll be plenty of food. There'll be plenty of things for the kids to do. There'll be just lots and lots of stuff to see. About every half hour, something new and exciting is happening, and the drum circle is on and off, intermittent, uh, mm-hmm. kind of the background music to everything. So and everyone is welcome to come into the circle. If they call it intertribal, you are welcome to come in and dance, and you don't have to know how. You just follow the group. Just follow the group and be respectful. Great mm-hmm. River Eagle Days Winter Gathering of the Standing Bear Council. And, of course, sequency.com for more information, all of the great activities. Thank you, Leslie, for You're my welcome. beautiful necklace. You're welcome. Thank you, Holly, for coming by and for all you do to make a Quincy a wonderful tourist attraction. Thank you. Thanks.